I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. And last night we got through verse 13, where Samuel anointed David as the Lord's chosen king. We talked about. What's that? It's really cool. It is cool. We talked about how David may have been disqualified by some but whose qualification was the only one that mattered, Brock? Saul? (laughs) No. The Lord's. That's right, God's. God's, that's okay. Um, In fact, Saul and David have some run-ins here coming up in the Bible, and we'll get to those. Like when they get mad at each other? Mostly when Saul gets mad at David. The other powerful thing we discussed last night was just looking at people and the content of their heart and having grace for the areas that they might struggle with. And instead of focusing in on their struggles, why don't we try focusing in on the good things? It's too easy. It's way too easy to look at people and find everything that's wrong with them. It's way too easy to always see the worst in people and always remember the bad things they've done you know something about the Lord a line I once heard that I thought was really inspiring is oftentimes we see ourselves and we see other people through the lens of the worst decision they've ever made in their life but do you know what lens God sees us through Yes, and he evaluates that based on the best decision we ever made in our entire life, which was to follow Jesus Christ. So whenever we start evaluating ourselves or others based on our worst moment, just remember that the Lord is looking at us through the lens of our best moment. Verse 14. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. That's already pretty interesting. One thing to note, even though there was, uh, the spirit of the Lord was on Saul, it didn't mean that it necessarily took full control of him, right? Saul was still able to make good decisions, 
he was able to make bad decisions. Uh, the Lord, inviting the Lord into our life doesn't mean that we're robots now, right? That would be easy. That would be really easy just to make people robots and make them do what you want. The Lord wants something more, which is us choosing Him in all our ways. Does that make sense? So even though Saul had the Spirit with him, it didn't mean that he didn't struggle with the things of the flesh and that he was above making poor decisions. Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. Do you boys know who played the harp? David was really Right. One thing I think that's interesting about music, you boys like to worship, right? Mm-hmm. You like it when we blast worship music in the house and turn all the lights off. Sorry about your cough, Brock. We'll pray for that tonight, okay? You're tough. What worship does for me, I, you know, I don't know everything that we're going to do when we get to heaven. I know that the Bible goes into that, and I've not studied it, but what I do know is that we will worship Him. I think that's why sometimes worship brings us into a closer place with the Lord, because it's like our our spirit is agreeing that it's doing the thing that we were created to do for eternity, and it feels more like home. Do you know what I mean? I'm glad that David was a man of music. I think it's inspiring. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey, loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor-bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. So he's keeping the evil spirit out. That was his job? That was part of his role. That's right. I mean, among being the armor bear, one of the armor bearers, one of David's roles was to use music to keep that spirit from tormenting Saul. 
And at this point, these two are friends. And one of the powerful things that we can always do for somebody is encourage them. Saul is still the king in the eyes of the Israelites. David's just a servant. And isn't that interesting? One of David's first tasks that the Bible mentions after he's anointed is to serve. It's not to go out and rule. It's not to go out and receive honor and praise from the people. It's to go in and actually serve the man whose kingship he's taking. David as a young man is very impressive. A lot of times young people now want to enter the workplace and they want to be the boss within the first few years. They don't want to humble themselves. They don't want to earn their stripes. They don't want to put their nose down and do the hard work. They just want to be straight boss. They just want to become the boss. And you guys know that really isn't how it works. Right? Sometimes it works out for people that way. But usually that's not the case. Usually you do the work and you work hard and you do it for a long period of time. And in the end, when you've done that faithfully, it results in leadership. It results in being that position that you may want, but you don't get there by coming in and feeling like you've earned it, feeling like it's yours because you're the best. Even though the Lord gave that position to David, his first assignment was to serve Saul. And this was probably setting him up well. And think about this. And whenever you guys have a task assigned to you, and maybe you're not put in the position of leadership that you want to be in right away, you get a chance to assess the situation and learn about it before you're directly accountable to produce a good result. Does that make sense? You get a chance to watch somebody else do it. And there's even something better than that. You might get a chance to watch and to help that person. And that's the best way to possibly gain favor is to help the people around you, especially the person above you. Encourage them to be the best they can possibly be at their assignment. So that was David's role. He did that through playing music and for bearing the arm, the armor for Saul. And in chapter 17, which we're going to get into tomorrow night, you know what the subtitle is? David and Goliath. That's a great one. That is a good one. I love this story. Do you know this story, Brock? Yes. Of course you do. What's your favorite part of David and Goliath? I think when um, David goes into the town holding Goliath's head, and then people look at him, and then he just goes crazy. 
I, I know I know what you're talking about. And it's pretty gruesome, right? But we're boys, and uh, that doesn't mean we're violent, but it also means that we're not afraid to be warriors, right? We're, we're strong young men, and we prefer peace, but when called upon, we will sacrifice as warriors. Right? And my favorite part is when David throws the stone and it hits Goliath in the forehead. <laughs> and then he cuts off Goliath's head just to make sure he's really dead. Right. That's absolutely right. He wants to take no chances. He had a lot to win, if you remember. We'll get into that tomorrow. David had a lot to win if he was able to defeat Goliath. He didn't want to take any chances. Saul offered up a lot to the person who defeated Goliath. So he was he was ready to do the task at hand. What does it say about the stone that hit Goliath in the forehead? Do you remember? It sunk into his forehead. It sunk in. That's right. It wasn't just... Right. It didn't hit it and then just bounce off. It actually sunk in. It's pretty cool. Yeah. When I think of that, I think of when early on in Genesis, do you remember what the Lord said that the serpent would do to the Son of Man? But what the Son of Man would do back to the serpent? I remember what he would do back. Crush the snake's head. That's the right. The serpent's head. That's right. That's the best way to kill a snake is by crushing its head. That's right. So he said that... And the, the snake in meanings is like the devil. That's right. Crushing his head. That's right. So although the serpent would strike the Lord's heel, Jesus would crush his head. One's a temporary injury. The other one's a fatal blow. Well, a snake can't... doesn't really fully die when you cut off its head. No, crush it, like flatten it, is what, is what it means. Well, it's like you use a knife to cut its head off it might still work for a little while. Have you done that before? No, but there's like this show uh-huh. where I showed a guy holding the snake's head that was already cut off and it, the tongue was still moving. Oh, I do remember, I think, actually what you've heard is that it's important to sever their head because I, I, I think they've told stories where if you kill them, and don't sever their head, their nerves are still alive enough that a venomous sta- snake might still bite you. Just because it's it's so ingrained in their nervous system that when they feel the touch, even though they're dead, their their body, their nerves will still react with a bite. But would it be venomous? Yes. Oh wait, I think the venom is in their head somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's coming out of their teeth for sure, right? Good job remembering that. You guys are smart kids. And I love the discussion we had tonight. And that we finished it off kind of on a fun note. I look forward to tomorrow night. Love you guys. Love you too. Good kids. <laughs>